This podcast is presented by 323 Entertainment. You can find this show and more wherever you stream podcasts and music. And while you're there, please follow, rate, and review. And if you want to help us continue to grow and get better while also getting exclusive releases and free merch, please support the 323 on Patreon at patreon.com slash 323read. You can subscribe for as little as $2. $2! That's patreon.com slash 323read, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash 323-R-E-I-D. Oh, apparently the learners aren't going to sell the Nats. God damn it, Ted. <laughs> They're going to take on a minority partner instead. What you call me? Look. How is Ted Lerner still fucking alive? He's so old. There's been talk about him possibly trying to buy the commanders, which good fucking luck. If the team is going to sell for $10 billion, good luck. What is his net worth? 4.2 billion. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Just die already, dude. He's almost a hundred years old. Mm-hmm. Go away. Haven't you done everything? Who's his wife? What's his wife's name? Isn't like some random insert white lady name. It has, it has to be. It's a net. Net. A net learner. A good stereotypical white name. <laughs> she cast a net to get that money. Annette Funicello. <laughs> Annette Benning. Oh God. Are we gonna do a, top five Annette? Top five top five Annettes. <laughs> uh <laughs> You took Annette Benning. I'm trying to think of another Annette. Um, uh, shit. Shit. There has to be more. There has to be more. Uh, Annette. Uh, who was the one that was in Greece? Um, um, uh, Annette Charles. Ooh, that's a good one. I mean, we'd be the only people who have ever done <laughs> a ranking of Annettes. <laughs> Oh, wow. When I looked up... There's actually a list. Wait, there's actually a list. Yeah, there is a list. The most 25 famous... 25 plus famous Annettes. Annette Kellerman. Who is that? In a, I wow. Don't... An Australian professional swimmer, vaudeville star, film actress, and writer. I Kellerman was one of the first women to wear a one-piece bathing costume instead, of the, then, costume. instead of the then-accepted pantaloons. Okay. Annette Defoe. Never heard of her. I'm looking at all these Annettes. Never heard of any of them. I think I, I think it's quite quite disrespectful that Annette Benning isn't number one. Annette Benning is one of our greatest actors. Oh, she's America's darling, little yeah. darling. Yeah, right up there with Little Debbie and uh, yeah, uh, and uh, that girl from Stranger Things. Oh, um, not the American one, about the British one, Millie, Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah, Drake uh, Drake's boo thing. She's he's grooming. Oh, she was his boo thing. Then she turned 18. <laughs> Damn it. It's like Leonardo DiCaprio with 25-year-olds. Did, he, did you just see that Leo dumped his his current girlfriend? Oh, she Strangely aged. enough, because she hit 25. She aged out. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 323. I am your host, Reed Murphy. Welcome back to the show again this week. Look at us putting out volume two shows in a week. You know we're getting ready for Super Week now. Oh, shit. It is a Ricks versus Gricks Thursday slash Friday. We can never get dates right around here. But either way, you're going to be listening to the show. You're going to be making money with us and getting those picks like you have been all regular season. Now we are into the postseason. It is a super wild card, Ricks versus Gricks. So we have to do it in a super way. So not only joining me, as always, the lovely Aunt Jemima (laughs) defending Scott Elia. To the grave. (laughs) We also have the big chief burrito himself. Luis Martinez has returned. It's out of we're out of soccer season. He's getting into the American football picks now. How you doing, Luis? Let's play foosball. That's right. Woo! Again, Luis, where can everybody check you out? Uh, easiest place to find me is 2AMBurrito.com that has all my links, but you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at, at Big Chief Burrito and follow our podcast at Mianta Show. That's right. All good shows. I love that name. Scott could be a good co-host on Mijente Show. 
Oh God. <laughs> oh, we, we got, got a, a segment. Weddles versus medals. <laughs> uh, Scott's just doing Scott's doing the thing like my grandpa I'm just smiling nodding. I got nothing. <laughs> well, I'm reading the I'm I'm reading something about one of the topics that we're about to talk about that just came down ten oh. minutes ago. Well, yeah, we can definitely get into that. Then bring us all the breaking news, all the latest. We have, of course, plenty of football to get into. But real quick, since we have the time, there's no college football to really prep anymore. It's all done. Georgia killed the entire thing for a little bit. Thanks. TCU's running with their tails behind. Uh, We do have to talk a little bit more, though about Dana White in the UFC. We've only barely kind of scratched the surface talking about this subject. Of course, going back for those who aren't updated on it, Dana White was involved in an altercation on New Year's Eve. He's the president of the UFC where, you know, out drinking at a club with his wife and they both talked about how drunk they were and out of character it was, but his wife during this altercation slapped him. He then proceeded to slap her twice after this, it was all filmed. TMZ released it. But since then, when you've seen incidents like this where either athletes, especially UFC fighters, or anybody in you know big positions of big name and fame where they hit their spouse or significant other or just anybody in general, there's usually some type of punishment. There's usually hell rained down on them by the media. And we've found it funny something that we've talked about a couple times here that really nothing is coming down on Dana White in this situation especially when you go to the uh biggest sports hub in the world I guess it still is in ESPN ESPN is a partner of the UFC you don't hear anything from them and I guess it's natural that you're not the more I think about it They don't want to jeopardize their partnership with this thing, and they don't technically own the UFC. But if you go into the ownership of the UFC, we've looked more into this and figured this out. There is an owning company towards the UFC, and that is Endeavor. Endeavor is a company that owns the UFC. They are headlined and faced by CEO Ari Emanuel, who is somebody who is not, he has not shied away from talking about things and controversial topics he's voiced his mind on a lot of things in sports and outside of sports politics but he has not said a not said a word about dana white in this situation dana white has had two press conferences since and dana white himself as the president of the ufc put it out there today that he will not be facing punishment that he that it would hurt the ufc more if he were to be gone from it, then, you know, just t- sitting here and taking it and now having this on his reputation, which will, of course, go away. It's something that I'm sure Endeavor and Ari Emanuel are hoping for, that it'll just go away in the news cycle. And that's why you need places like this to keep bringing it up and jumping on this. But, Luis, we, me and Scott have talked about this. I'd like to know your thoughts on this whole situation with Dana White. And whether you think that there is any hope at at some point for punishment. Yeah, I mean, you would think in the um, era of reckoning that we're in that that's something coming out. You're head of a major organization. There's uh, proof that you're playing, you know, having um, slap fights with your wife, I guess would be the nice way to say it. Um you know, this happened to this happened maybe several months ago in hip hop. Uh, Blueface and his wife. There were some videos of them on on TMZ fighting each other. This happens every once in a while. Um, the Golden Globes just happened, and then there's a bunch of articles about the fact that they had Brad Pitt in the first row, even though he's got allegations against them from Angelina Jolie. Yep, that he was violent towards her and her kids on a private plane. Um, so. You know, then I was a fan of Howard Stern growing up, but somehow he never got canceled, even though he said a bunch of crazy ass racist shit in the 90s and, uh, (laughs) you know, did blackface on his TV show and did a bunch of stuff. Um, And uh, so it's kind of weird sometimes um, who the media picks and chooses to focus on. Uh, So I do think it's a good thing that smaller, uh, you know, I guess new media 
as we could call ourselves, uh, are out there trying to, you know, put stories in and sometimes they get picked up. But yeah, it's definitely you, it's especially, it's definitely something that happened and you're like, oh, okay. You know, you start rubbing your hands together and you're like, let's see what happens. Let's see what the domino is that falls. Let's see if he's like, takes an extended leave of absence. You know, I need to refocus on myself. I'm here to listen. You know, what's, what's going to happen, right? But um, it seems like at the top of the food chain, you can have enough juice that you can ride out, like you said, that news cycle. Something horrible will happen. Somebody famous will do something stupid. There will be something that happens. A free agent will ask for a trade. Uh, you know what I mean? Something's going to happen. Hey, the Oscars are coming up. Hey, the Super Bowl's coming. You know what I mean? So um, looked at this shiny new fight that we have. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting to see how the, how old media and sort of mainstream media picks and chooses who to villainize and, and who to sort of give a pass to somebody that's looking from the outside that used to be a much bigger fan back. I mean, I was a huge wrestling fan when I was a kid growing up at some point, you know, I kind of stopped watching it, but, but I do, it, it does put the spotlight on, on, on MMA, on fighting and stuff like that a little bit, uh, even though not with the microscope that you would hope. Right. Yeah. But I'm, I'm curious, I'm curious from you guys, like, with somebody like Dana White, is it because it's MMA? Is it because it's, you know, combat sports in that region that the attention just isn't really there on this story? Like usually, like say with Robert Sarver and the Phoenix Suns, that he's the owner of the Suns, high position of power. Story came out, shit's on it, shit is raining down on him for, and it won't go away for weeks until he sells the team. Dan Snyder, the same thing. Media keeps it on him, keeps pressing him. It's NFL owner. Eventually, looks like he's going to sell. Vince McMahon with WWE. Obviously, there were accusations for years, for decades. And then shit finally just went too far for it, but it just kept going. And, I mean, then you have other celebrities where you know, these cases will come out and I guess we do pick and choose when it comes to, you know, actors and such. But when it comes to sports, do you think it's because this is mixed, this, this is in the combat region and people just kind of expect this from people involved? Is it, is it kind of like the Joker thing where it's like uh, from dark Knight, where it's like, if they tell you a, a bus full of shoulders or uh, soldiers or some gangbangers are going to die, you, you don't worry about it because it's part of the plan. Um, if the owner of NASCAR got caught doing like 120 miles per hour in a, in a 35 zone, um, like, do you think that would be kind of the same thing? Like, Oh, he owner of NASCAR caught speeding par for the course. Right. It, it probably uh, would get joked out like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, Oh, uh, Dana white practicing new choke out moves on his wife. Ha ha ha. You know, <laughs> they, they're, they're, Put him on the undercard, you know. Um, I mean, it did ha it did come at ridiculous timing because the only consequence that he has really faced is he has a new show coming to TBS about power slap fighting, and it's like a, Jesus, a slap know, yeah. boxing competition, and it's really bad timing to be slapping your wife on video, and this show comes, and that all what is the consequence? TBS delayed the premiere by a week. <laughs> That's all that we got. But it got, it does go with like kind of like a Neil Brennan, this comedian Neil Brennan, a joke that he made talking about whenever he sees news about NFL players beating somebody up in a club or beating their wife in an elevator or something. And you just think, oh, the headline should be you know, football player does football things outside of football. And you're just kind of numb to it and it goes away until you see video of it happening. But I mean, even in the clip that we put out talking about this, we have, I have messages from people defending Dana saying, well, he, she hit him first. <laughs> she hit him first. Why not? He slapped the shit out of her twice after that. If you want to, if you're trying to justify it, why did the second slap come in? <laughs> and they try to argue that people are saying, well, you know, he said that it, this never happens. They said, we don't know that shit. We don't know what happens behind closed doors with Dana. And we never will because he's the one in charge outside of, endeavor who won't say anything when you don't have anybody you know taking uh, accountability putting accountability on these people what are you going to do and 
that'll bring me to Vince McMahon and the WWE brought him up and how you said the culture, the cancel, the quote unquote cancel culture eventually caught up to him after decades of people hearing shit about him. And he finally stepped down. He retired. His daughter took over as co-CEO with uh, Nick Khan. And what the hell happens? The dude, <laughs> the dude comes out like he's t- like turning heel, like a WWE storyline itself. It's almost like it's even past WWE. It's almost like the HBO show Succession, where he decides to come out right as WWE is going into its big media rights uh, sales uh, uh, timeline, and pretty much tells them, hey, I still have all the controlling votes. I will block any sale that you try to make. I will block any media rights purchase that happens unless I'm brought back in as CEO. So, just like that, congrats, everybody. Vince McMahon is back. Hey! (laughs) All that is old will be new again. His daughter, Stephanie McMahon, she's stepped down today. Yep. She, She stepped down. Scott, we've talked about Vince McMahon. What are your thoughts regarding this? I'm not shocked. I mean, he's just such a interesting character, not even just in the ring, but out of the ring. It's always the show is always about him. I mean, this always goes back to the when the the World Wildlife Federa Foundation, like they were going back and forth about the the rights to use the term WWF back in the late 90s, early 2000s. And then, of course, they bow out and they go with WWE. But Either way, I mean, there's a lot of speculation right now that the Saudi Arabia's public investment fund is going to be buying the WWE. <laughs> that couldn't be, be more of a heel turn. <laughs> Listen, they do a lot of shows in the Middle East and in Saudi Arabia. Like, they're really big into it. And if Vince is really trying to get the biggest check he possibly can. I mean, they got a an open wallet. Well, to the, throw it at this. Well, the Iron Sheik for CEO. <laughs> it could be, be the biggest check and just unchecked power. Because I'm sure the public interest fund is just going to let it be a privately run company at that point. He'll be able to do whatever he wants. Oh, it would go back to being private. Yeah. Jesus. How are you? <laughs> Vince McMahon comes back. Everybody was expecting it to be sold to like NBC Universal and Comcast. Disney. And what are we going to do? Fuck <laughs> okay, it. No, we're going to the Saudis. <laughs> the rumor uh, back in the day was that um because i i was you know listen i, I grew up with wrestling saturday mornings in the in, in the late 80s early 90s and like saturday night on cbs and stuff like that friday night fights and they um and you know back then it was the federation so you were even you were you know it's still real to me damn it and all that stuff you know um and the rumor was that they went WWE because of the wildlife fund, but also because since they weren't they weren't being called a federation anymore, they wouldn't have to get tested for steroids or would be under the wow. of being called a sports federation. So when hmm. you call yourself the World Wrestling Federation, it brings certain scrutiny. You have to make your te- your athletes available for drug tests, or you have to have you know some sort of charter and stuff like that. So I thought that was sort of one of the reasons that they went world wrestling entertainment so that we could just be like use the juice do what you want to do or at least that was the that was the uh the rumor back in the day mm-hmm. um and as somebody who when we were talking a couple of weeks back about like the greatest <clears throat> sports events of all time uh i i mentioned two that were fundamental for my youth which was um andre giants versus hulk hogan at wrestlemania three and Randy Macho Man Savage versus my favorite wrestler of all time, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, WrestleMania number three. Mm. So um, wrestling is is can be iconic and can have a very big place in people's lives. So even though it might seem like a silly argument or silly to be like upset about something like that, I still think that that it is important that that it has some sort of but believe some not believability almost but somebody you know a grown-up a grown-up that's sort of at least handling even though the writers are kind of making up all this stuff i still think that that it will take a hit if you if people are not confident that at least somebody competent is is running it and he's had he's had this and he's coming back but then it's like if you if there's so much back and forth on it then it just starts to feel phony which is weird to say when you're talking about wrestling right but but if that makes sense 
Well, it's like everybody I've talked to that actually still to this day watch WWE and they enjoy wrestling. Like they've been saying ever since Vince had left and, you know, Triple H has been, you know, taking up the helm as far as the creative piece. It's actually turned around. They've actually been enjoying a lot of the production that have been going on the past couple of months. So with him coming back into the fold, as in, you know, Vince McMahon and going into the selling, I'm really interested to see where that creative is going to go. I'm smiling and laughing because thinking about uh, Vince McMahon and what he's done has been incredibly influential on the world of sports. He has he is a massive titan in the sports media industry. But I'm only laughing because I just get back to thinking like I was I didn't grow up watching too much WWE. When I would go to my friend Sean's house, we would watch like it would usually be like a sleepover on Friday night. So we'd watch uh Smack was it SmackDown on Friday night? Mm-hmm. We'd watch SmackDown and you know Big John Cena, Big Dwayne uh the Rock era. But I remember stories, and I guess it explains why his daughter stepped down as uh, co-CEO with uh, Vince coming back. One of the stories of when she was pregnant, and there was a whole storyline based around her pregnancy, and Vince's big idea was that it would turn out, it would be a big reveal that he's the father. Oh, he's God. Father. <laughs> <laughs> so these are the big ideas. We're coming into the... <laughs> Oh, but I, you know what, since you, you have grown up on, uh, wrestling, Luis, I do want to ask you, I want to get your like impromptu top five wrestlers of all time, especially sure. you know from the WWE. And I'll give you a chance to, you know, think of the exact five, the order first real quick while sure, I give me, give me a couple of seconds. I that. got you. I'll, I'll virtue signal over here to Scott about the UFC <laughs> <laughs> and you know, <laughs> continue to complain about Dana White. And I guess this is where shit hits the fan and where it stops when it comes to accountability. Because I'm thinking about this now, and you could almost argue, I guess, that UFC and combat sports are more of a vice than the typical sport addiction that we might have to football or NBA. And where... We know what these guys do, how they beat the shit out of each other outside of the octagon, where they are not paid for shit. We've known this about Dana White and how he criminally underpays these fighters, and none of the fighters seem to, they don't care. They continue to move on. Uh, Former fighter and excellent podcast host Ariel Hawani has voiced about how as soon as you're done in the UFC... There's no health care, no retirement fund. Nothing's, you know, there for them. You're the UFC. They will wash their hands with you. Yet we all know this and I will continue to shit on this sunburnt snowman and how much I don't like him. But <laughs> you get me the next major fight. They build out like another McGregor because I don't give a shit now about any Conor McGregor fights, but you build out the next kind of that level of a, you know, McGregor versus Mc, whoever would be the top at that time, or uh, any of the female fighters, you bring out another huge headline fight and promote it the right way. I'm going to be there, or I'm going to be at some sports bar to watch it mm-hmm. that Saturday night. And I don't know. It's just kind of, it seems like a cruel circle that we found ourselves in that you can't really get rid of. No, I think you said it really well earlier on. I think these instances happen. It's seemingly so often you just become numb to it. Like, okay, another rich guy beat his wife. It is what it is. But like, what gets me is like, did you see the, his press conference and like the quote that came out of it? Uh, Well, I mean, there were plenty. So so like the quote that the the quote that I saw and I'll read it verbatim uh, coming from Dana White himself. What should the repercussions be? I take 30 days off. Here's my punishment. I have to walk around for however long I live, and this is how I'm labeled now. Like you really give a fuck. He doesn't like you, give re- a shit. like you really, ca- you don't care at all what anybody thinks. Like you have so much money, you do not care because he knows it's going to go away. Because it's how the right. news cycle works. Dave David Letterman said this very clearly when he had his, uh, I believe it was a sexual harassment case against him while hosting the Late Show. That you know he can apologize, and he said he does feel genuinely bad but the way that this is going to go is i'm going to apologize and it's going to be tense and it's going to be uncomfortable and it's going to be awkward for two to three weeks 
and then something else is going to pop up in the news cycle. And now that was that was like 15 years ago. Now it's even quicker than ever with how twit with the you know the evolution of Twitter and social media, a new news story will pop up and take over. Whether it's Kanye West, I mean, shit, even Kanye West losing his fucking mind on Alex Jones was only a story for about three days. Mm-hmm. I mean, right now we're all shitting on Mayor Pete because of how, uh, you know, the travel, the travel department's going and nobody can catch a flight. That's going to be gone in a couple of days. Well, maybe it depends on if anybody catches their flight. Meanwhile, we chuckle, we laugh so that we can play this wonderful top five music and get to <coughs> Luis Martinez's top five wrestlers of all time. Five, four, three, two, one. This is the three, two, threes, top five. Ah, shit. Here we go again. All right. Uh, Also receiving votes, the Hart Brothers. Hart Foundation. Okay. You know. uh, R.I.P. one. R.I.P. Um... Um, the era that I left wrestling in was kind of when Undertaker was starting to be like the main thing. Um, it was kind of the Undertaker, um, Yokozuna, uh, Jake, Jake the Snake Roberts. Those, so those are kind of my receiving, receiving votes. Um, and, uh, even though he is an icon, two others that I didn't put in my top five because they're also just a little bit out of it is uh hulk hogan and the ultimate warrior oh brother you know ultimate warrior probably had one of the best um just starts of any wrestling career that i can remember it it was the first time that i felt like excited actually you know what yeah the yeah the other uh i'm gonna put ultimate warrior number five you know what i'm gonna uh, call it an audible we're going you know what i i I forgot how excited i was about him when i was a kid and i started seeing him come out and he just fucking ran to the stage he was fucking shaking the things and he had the pumped up muscles like he had just gotten a shot like two seconds before coming out to pump him up his veins were popping um he felt like he was invincible you know so so that's that's it so um, i I would argue there's not really too much more exciting in sports than a than a great unexpected pop in wwe when those first intro when that intro hits and you're not expecting john cena to appear or something and you just hear that recognize that music everybody fucking knows crowd loses their shit that's reed murphy's music fuck god (laughs) oh my god he's he's coming towards the ring yeah, that was just yeah. That was those were the best. Scott, also, Scott, the best talking about wrestlers. This is a time to start racking up impression nominations for the uh, the three two three awards. We oh can, God! Yes, <laughs> brother. Um, yeah. Also, the I, I, I they used to do these matches back in the day called like any, uh, anything goes or just bring anything to the ring. So like. Uh, people would show up and walk down the aisle with like chainsaws and you're like oh my god they're gonna massacre each other and then he'd put it down and then they'd grab like a chair from the side of the ring or uh you know hacksaw jim duggan would come with his two by four and stuff like that and and those were those were a lot of fun as well um so since i'm putting uh ultimate warrior there at number five we're gonna we're gonna take uh bam bam bigelow which was also uh, another another favorite others receiving votes um I mean, along with uh, with all the other greats from the 80s, like uh, George the Animal Steel, motherfucker would eat the turnbuckle. He would just pick a turnbuckle, rip it open, start eating it. That was just the craziest <laughs> shit to see on a Saturday morning. Um, and Undertaker and all those other guys. Um, so we're going to put in at number four, Randy Macho Man Savage. You got to snap into that Slim Jim and, you know, um, his battles and the storyline with him and uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat were legendary. Um, And he had kind of one of the best post-wrestling careers, uh, being relevant as a spokesperson um, for a very long time and getting endorsements and stuff like that. And 
he was kind of like the the poor man's Hulk, the poor man. He was kind of like a hybrid of Hulk and the Ultimate Warrior, um, and and just the best persona I think of a wrestler. Obviously, he has the wrestler persona. If you're like impersonate a wrestler, and you know you're probably gonna do. Well, yeah, I have to apologize. I have to apologize for the wrestling world because I I mixed I mixed up my impressions and I was doing I was doing my Macho Man while yeah. talking about so Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Oh yeah, brother. It's really yeah. brother. You know, the Hulk Hulk is more like ten thousand hecomaniacs. And when you see the, these hands coming, the twenty four inch pythons. And if you're a good kid and you say your prayers, drink your vitamins every day, you know, all my little hulkamaniacs running wild. Also, you can invite the Hulk over to, to bang your wife. That's kind of his <laughs> <laughs> You want me to run wild over your missus? Just let me know. Um, uh, and then at number three, I think you got to go with the styling, profiling, limousine riding, jet flying, kiss stealing, wheeling and dealing, son of a gun, Ric Flair. Woo! Persona-wise, he was still kicking in the 80s and 90s. He was still there, um, reinvented a bunch of times, but there was just something about, you know, the nature boy. Just, you know, he looked like a, a guy that you would pop out of a 50s movie, but somehow he was moving around the ring, you know, living the lifestyle, crushing it on multiple, multiple fields. He, so definitely got to go with Ric Flair there. He's still doing uh, it, too. Still that, going. That personality still is still going. going. Didn't he, still going, didn't he just have his retirement match? I think the other day, or suppose it, his final, you know, Nature Boy's final fight. Where I, was, was, I was legitimately afraid he'd die. He was also, <laughs> if you want to talk meta, he was also um, fighting Andy Kaufman, right? Was that him that was that was having all those matches with uh, with Andy Kaufman back in the day as well? <laughs> that would make. Uh, sense. I think that was I think that was Hulk. Uh, Hulk Hogan. No, no, not with uh with the comedian Andy Kaufman. Though. Yeah, yeah, no, I think Andy. I, I, it might have been Ric Flair. Um, no, I think it was. Uh, wasn't it Jerry Lawler? Oh yeah, 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 Jerry. It was kind of a same similar style. Of, yeah, I couldn't of remember. Yeah, I couldn't remember yeah, Jerry, who it was Jerry Lawler, but I think Ric Flair played him. I don't know. Um, so number two, um, there's icons and then there's mountains. You know, and this guy was a literal mountain. I remember him fighting three or four people in the ring. Uh, I remember just stories about his debauchery and like how many, what is like, you know, what his uh, Thanksgiving dinner was and how he never used to be able to use bathrooms at hotels. So the people would come in to clean his room and they would find that he had to take a dump in the tub. Oh, um, so, you know, Andre the Giant is number two. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Love Andre the Giant. That's, a, the, that's the noise you make Frost. when you see him. <laughs> that's the scream. Literal mountain of a man. Um, not, nobody was, you know, it was just kind of like a, a bit. Just from his beginnings to how he became a, he, another person like like Hulk, like Randy, that became an icon outside of wrestling um, as well, even with the Obey sort of stickers and stuff like that. Um, and that whole thing. And uh, Andre the Giant has a posse, all that um that was that yeah iconic so he's a legend on and off the the hard uh felt or whatever it is they wrestle on these the canvas well it's like what's crazy is like you don't really understand how big this man was until you put it in comparison like you know who the big show is yeah mm -hmm. would you like the big show is only seven foot only he's seven foot 425 pounds <laughs> and then you have like the great collie who is you know set about seven foot seven one you know about 350 400 pounds andre the giant seven four 500 pounds like this man is just a monster i've always heard stories too about him getting like and i think i think they've had different wrestlers like hulk who have told these stories about andre getting drunk somewhere at these different events and then they have to try and carry him carry him to his room and then they just end up the hotel just decides no just fuck it just leave him in the lobby <laughs> he's not going anywhere <laughs> there was a 30 for 30 i think it was a, a 30 for 30 doc like an espn doc recently about under the giant that's really good <clears throat> love there's a lot of the stories yeah love the 30 literally, for 30 wrestling docs literally man the, the guy who didn't couldn't take a dump in a hotel bathroom he would just sit on the, he would just sit on the he would have to sit on the tub that's how big of a toilet and he used to eat like two turkeys and like drink like 240 for 224 packs and like just 
on it. It's a real um, man's toilet. The fact that Hulk Hogan, like at WrestleMania three, where he had to, he had a body slam him, and he was just like, and it wasn't really like a body slam. Like he went like this, and then he sort of like got him off the ground for like two seconds. It was like, yep, yeah, got it. Technically a body slam. Because <laughs> that, you know, if yeah, if 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 Hulk Hogan had actually really been able to to pick up Andre the Giant, like that was. That broke the internet before there was an internet, you know, but but I remember specifically like, oh, he's going to do, he's going to do, he's like, oh, he almost did it. Close enough. Count it. Mm. Um, and then number one for me has always and forever will be um, Bad Bunny. Ricky the Dr- <laughs> Bad Bunny. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Marvel the fuck. First. Uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Hey. Uh, literally as a kid, I cried when Macho Man at an event grabbed the bell off the side of the ring. He come, he, he got to the top of the ring and did his flying elbow while he was holding the bell and crush Ricky the Dragon's, uh, larynx or whatever it was, or that was part of the story. And then for months and months, they dragged on this storyline where they give you like, they would give you like three minutes every week or every couple of weeks. And it was like, now we're checking in on Ricky the Dragon and his treatment. And they'd show him in the hospital or they show him at home recuperating with bandages around his neck. Um, and then when he came back and then he had his whole dragon entrance where he would literally spit fire uh, from the top rope. Man, um, and he still teaches. I don't know if he still teaches wrestling or he has a gym somewhere here in California. He's one of my uh, my dream guests at some point for one of my pods, but. Uh, the Macho Man Randy Savage versus versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. If you ever get bored and you want to watch some '90s, uh, late '80s uh, wrestling, like classic, that's 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 a good storyline to follow. So for me, he's always going to be number one. I love it. I love it, Scott. You have any any qualms or complaints about this list? No, I mean, because it sounds like the the time frame that you know he was really paying attention to professional wrestling was like the era like right before mine. Because I can remember growing up and the Attitude Era was the biggest thing in like the late '90s, early 2000s. So like that's when like Big Show fir- first came around. Like you have Scotty Duhati and Chris Benoit and all- Chris Jericho comes around. Like that's pretty much all the wrestlers that I know of. The Dudley you- Brothers, Rikishi. How do you all feel about AEW? I've heard really good things about AEW and the fact that it's bringing some legitimate competition to the WWE. I mean, we had WCW when when I was growing up, and then there's also there was still sort of there was still a lot of competition back in the day because you still had the underground backyard wrestling scene was starting up, and then you have WCW, Monday Night Nitro, and yeah, then you had types of stuff. Yeah, then you had the whole WCW WWF um, kind of feud that was going on for a couple years and. Mm-hmm some wrestlers going on to the other shows and, you know, having big grudge matches. Like that was really cool. There will never be comp- like true competition, like, like uh, XFL will never be true, true competition mm-hmm. to the NFL. But I do think that it helps pressure the main product to, to stay in line and not just be complacent. If you ask this show, the official podcast of the, or the unofficial official podcast of the XFL, God damn it. It will be competition <laughs> for the NFL. It's already, it already is competition for the nfl who the hell doesn't want to see uh deandre france is it deandre francis francois yeah francois future nfl hall of famer or got that right hall of famer because seminal great get the fuck out of here he hate me well the the best uh the greatest (laughs) you're uh you're wearing the 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 florida hat the greatest uh the greatest florida player of all time was charlie ward who played for the knicks you got that right <laughs> got that Heis, was, hey put I some respect on his name the heisman I, trophy I, winner I, I, charlie ward. Ward. <laughs> he, uh, at that point i was like he's like the best quarterback in new york plays point guard for the knicks <laughs> the, the jets quarterback sucked they had like mini testaverde or somebody else i'm like can we get charlie ward out there he's, he's playing backup point guard <laughs> going now that we're talking football and and basketball somehow at the same time let's get into these ricks versus gricks let's get into some real competition we're talking competition we're competition for every other big media you know big football media program that's doing picks we're out it's here new media we're out here fucking killing it we're out here killing it let's get this yeah. music going life death 
time, space. Forget everything you think you know. Put your money on the line. It's time for Ricks versus Gricks. Gricks? That's right. Reed's picks versus Griffin's picks, but Griffin is lost in space. So the new Grick, the new official Grick of the 323, Scott Elia, has been killing it this year. I've been killing it. Zoo was killing it. Then he went 0-5 and had to get shoulder surgery. And now it's uh, because he, you know, he, he carried himself too hard on that 0-5. So now we got the 2 a.m. burrito face. Big Chief Burrito himself. Luis Martinez is here as our celebrity guest picker. Finally. We've been wanting to get him in on these. And it can be at a better time with Super Wild Card Weekend. I love that name. How dramatic of a name for the NFL to get in here with Super Wild Card Weekend. And it's a whole bunch of wild cards playing in this <laughs> in this weekend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Last week, the final week of the regular season, Scott and I both went 4-2. and two with our picks i finished the regular season 62 and 45 scott finished the regulars yeah yeah i was impressed with myself too scott finished (laughs) scott finished the regular season 52 and 53 which is still commendable coming in right on par coming in second place i guess if we're going percentages was griffin the one week that we got a message from him from space he went four and two that's why how many that's why he was the Grick. <laughs> how many pay how many picks did you make a week? Like five games or we would do six games a week. We would Ooh. do six games a week, and I think we missed one week. I think we missed week one, and that was it. Which is fine because week one is such a crapshoot. Crushing really that need. money line. Yeah. Exactly. So we have the wild card. We have two games on Saturday, three games on Sunday, and then one Monday night game that Stephen A. Smith is gonna lose his shit about all day. Because you got that right. Dallas versus Scott's own Tom Brady. So, let's start with the first Saturday game here. We have the Seattle Seahawks with the future Hall of Famer Geno Smith. They are 9-8 and eight at the San Francisco 49ers, who are 13-4. and four. San Francisco is a 10-point favorite here at home. Uh, who are we starting with? Luis, who do you want here? Um, and we're going, we're not doing point spread. We're just doing, we're just doing winning. Who's yeah. Winning just game, straight right? up, straight up. Look, um, they got rookie quarterback, top defense. Uh, I know of Geno Smith and, and, and having Geno Smith on my team. And I think eventually he's going to turn back into Geno Smith, even though he's a pro <laughs> bowler this year. Hey, um, don't, I, don't I, write I, him I, off. I, I, I'm gonna say so. I'm gonna save my upset special for a different game, and I'm gonna I'm gonna ride the I'm gonna ride the consensus with the Niners. There we go. Don't don't write him off, Luis. We care about you. Don't write him off because he won't write back. He said it himself. He's not he's not writing the haters back. <laughs> Scott, who do you want in this game? Listen, if there's anything that I've been consistent on this year, it's stating in Gino we trust. I think this is gonna be a sneaky sneaky game uh that money that line that spread is a little bit too high that i would assume i mean brock purdy's five and zero as a starter as we sit right now the other shoes got to drop at some point i think if they're able to contain kittle his safety valve um it's gonna be down to the wire and i'm gonna go with seattle look man i mean every time i've doubted seattle and i've gone against them gino wins every time i pick them they lose so I don't know. I you know I don't. I never know how to feel picking against pick picking on that team. I mean that's what you would like. I am not picking Seattle. I'm going with the San Francisco 49ers in this one. I'm with you on Brock Purdy. I feel like that this is you know the shoe is going to drop. But I keep saying that about him too. And I've been saying this about all these weird ass backup quarterbacks that keep killing it throughout the year. I said it about Cooper Rush, and he continued to piss me off. I said it about Geno Smith for eight weeks, and all during those eight weeks, he looked like an MVP. He was looking at MVP caliber. It's fucking confusing this season. But I'm just going to roll with the confusion. I'm going with Brock Purdy. I'm going with Kyle Shanahan, really, in this wildly talented San Francisco defense. And their offense. Christian McCarthy. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey, Debo. uh Kittle being able I'm Kittle's been going the fuck off lately mm-hmm. here at the end of the season. And yeah, I'm gonna roll. I'm gonna roll with that team. Shanahan's just really good 
at getting any quarterback to succeed, whether it's, you know, your CJ Beathard or Nick Mullins or hell, Jimmy G, Matt Ryan, Matt Schaub, if you want to keep going back. I'm I like the San Francisco in this one. I think I shit, I think they might be the favorite for the whole NFC. This feels like this feels like if you teased it either way, like if you teased it to Seattle like plus nineteen, they would lose by twenty. Or if you teased it to like San Francisco, like 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 yeah, like minus something, they it would be like a super close game. It's, mm-hmm. just, it, it's, it's got a lot of variables. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So moving on to this next game, this is an interesting game here. We have the LA Chargers, who are ten and seven, against uh, my Jacksonville Jaguars, who are nine mm. and eight. I've, I've been championing the Jaguars all season. L.A. is a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Only one-and-a-half points here on the road. They just lost Mike Williams. He's questionable for this game. Got injured in the final regular season game because Brandon Staley, for whatever fucking reason, decided to just keep him going deep into the third and fourth quarter. Uh, So, Chargers at Jaguars. One-and-a-half-point spread on this. Straight-up winner, Scott. I just want to remind you, Scott. You've been clinging to the LA Chargers as the Super Bowl winner for two years now. So, this is your chance to see if that's going to continue. Who do you want, Scott? The clinging is going to continue like a bad dingleberry. I ain't going nowhere. The Chargers are going to come out of this one. No, we're going with the Chargers on the road. That's fair. Luis, who do you want? You can't underestimate how important it is not to have Urban Meyer as your head coach. (laughs) You also can't underestimate how stupid it is to win meaningless games at the end of the year like the Jets did two years ago and beginning the second pick instead of the first pick, which turned out to be, which we knew was going to be Trevor Lawrence. Uh, If there's one thing I know from living in San Diego is that the Chargers uh, will disappoint my hometown people in the playoffs. And I think Doug Peterson, after the Urban Meyer debacle, uh, surprises everybody and, and gets this first round win. So I'm going Jacksonville. I, I'm also going Jacksonville on this one. I have to roll. I have to roll with my Jaguars. I pick. I've, I've been riding them for like half the season now. I'm rolling with Trevor Lawrence. I'm rolling with Trevor Lawrence to you know just start you know get that winning feeling, just like Joe Burrow did last year in his second year getting into the playoffs. I trust the championship uh, vibe that he's got. He knows the mentality. He knows what to do. He has that dog in him. Doug Peterson has also been, he's, he's gone all the fucking way. I think that he can really command this team and lead them into a surprise. You know, the first surprise win of the wild card weekend. Yeah. Give me Jacksonville. I also love that this is apparently Al Michaels is returning to NBC for this game instead of yeah from he's going he's being loaned from amazon back to nbc to call a playoff game but synergy synergy the game that he got was the jags so it's just like it's like it's like they're they're fucking punishing him here on this one (laughs) and he has to call the game with tony dungy so god (laughs) it's gonna be rough (laughs) <laughs> he, has to, he has to earn his keep now. He's going b- b- bottom man of the totem pole. This is what you get for going with Herbie over to, you know, Bezos' place. Get out of here. <laughs> Next game up. Oof. Miami Dolphins, 9-8 and eight, at the Buffalo Bills, who are 13-3. and three. Buffalo is, I'll say, only a 13.5-point favorite in this game. Skylar Thompson, the rookie, is going to be starting for the Miami Dolphins because Tua was not cleared from concussion protocol. In fact, it was so... Here's how concerning it can be for somebody with a concussion. Mike McDaniel said that they can't even really have the talks with Tua because the doctors advised them not to, you know, put any stress on him because that will hurt his head first. So that's how bad that is. Yeah, I wouldn't play him. Teddy Bridgewater, he threw a pick six and got punched in the face on the on the way while he was throwing Teddy that interception. Broke his finger, so he won't play. So... We got the giraffe himself, Mike Glennon, backing up Skylar Thompson. Yeah, I think it's going to be rough, but who knows? We'll see. Scott, who do you want in this game? No, that's there's too much stack against Miami. You know, do it. No Tua, no Teddy. Yeah, Skylar Thompson back there. It's on the road in Buffalo, where Buffalo's seven and one at home this season. It's going to be Buffalo. Yeah, yeah. And the NFL, the NFL likes a storyline, especially with everything going on right now with Demar Hamlin. It's 
I, I would not be shocked if the Bills go a lot farther in this playoff this year. Well, I don't know. Maybe somebody's going to be, uh, maybe somebody's going to do it. Maybe somebody's going to do the thing. Luis, are you going to do the thing? I, I'm in two separate playoff pools, and I picked, I picked, I did pick Miami in one. My reasoning was that at the end of the day, it's an NFC East matchup. The Jets beat Buffalo this year. I think, um, so you got to throw out the records a little bit. It's like, like Cowboys Redskins back in the day. It didn't really matter if the Cowboys and were like dominating the Redskins would go into Dallas and beat them once in a while mm -hmm. and vice versa. So, so that part of it, um, gets superseded by the fact that Buffalo's a juggernaut, the NFL's behind them, the whole, anybody who doesn't have a, a dog in a fight is probably rooting for Buffalo. Um, it's almost too good to be through. And I've already picked them as an upset in one, but I think that I think that I'm gonna I'm leaning Buffalo with you guys uh, as my official on air bet because yeah. there's just too much. There's just too much, and if it was Teddy Two Gloves, maybe I would be like feel a little bit confident about picking the upset. It's still it's and it's gonna be cold. The Dolphins are like 0 and 11, and the last time it's been like under 40 degrees or something. So, so we're going Buffalo. And the thing is, they played really well in Buffalo. That snow game, that ridiculous snowstorm yeah. game a couple weeks ago. But like you said, if it was Teddy playing, yeah, I think I would roll with Dolphins on this one for a surprise. If it was Tua playing, I think Tua, I would have them. I would have them not as, I, it would be a much closer line if Tua were playing. But Skylar Thompson, man, I watched that final game. I sat through it. I was sick and I just sat there and I punished myself and I watched Joe Flacco versus Skylar Thompson. Holy shit, that was rough. Uh, <laughs> I can't do that. I don't want that again. I don't want it again. Uh, I'm taking Buffalo. Just wipe him out. Get him out of here. Wasn't it early on in the season? Uh, Bills were coming out complaining about Miami's conditions in the stadium on the away game. Yes, yeah, Stephon Diggs alerted me to uh, the the fact that apparently you can get full body cramps if it's just hot enough and you're doing too much work. Well, now there's and now it's 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 even now their opportunity to, to a little bit of comeback for the Miami players to go into the snowy tundra of Buffalo. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Next up, we have the New York Giants nine seven and one at the Minnesota Vikings, who are thirteen and four. Minnesota is a three point favorite at home. Scott, who do you want? And just be weird, be alert. This is a four o'clock game, not a one o'clock game. Yeah, and it's Kirk in the playoffs, and he's one in three in the playoffs in his career. I think this is his first playoff game at home, too. I think so. I the Gi the Giants rested all their starters last week, so they all got fresh legs. I think they're and I think they were always focusing on my, the Minnesota matchup, even for the last couple weeks. I got Giants on the road upsetting my uh, Minnesota, but it's going to be a close game. Okay, Luis, who you want? I'm going to have to channel the energy of one of the best uh, TV characters of all time, Carl from the Aqua Teen Hunger Force, <laughs> who's a big-time Giants fan. <laughs> the G-Men going into Minnesota. <laughs> Danny Dimes. Uh, somebody just got himself a Best Impression nomination. Kiki Bob. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think... I, I go to Comic-Con out here, so one of these years I'm going to cosplay Carl. All you got to do is wear the bald cap. I got the, the chain with the the Asian. Wear the wife beater. The, yeah. Oh, this nerdy-ass show is going to need a San Diego Comic-Con report from you next time you yeah. get it. We're going to have to oh, have yeah. the full report. God damn it, we yeah, want to get out there. I got the yeah, I got the pro badges, so I I, uh, I I always get to go for free, and then I, was, I know a lot of actors and stuff out here that work events and that do promotions, so I always have people working at different places and stuff too. It's, it's fun out here, man. When you guys ever get, get tickets or actually I, if you guys ever decide to come out, when I get my tickets, I'm allowed to buy tickets for people. So ah, okay. I'll hook you guys up at some point. We'll keep that. Um, we'll keep that uh, anyway. Um, so yeah. So, so Carl used to have a bit that they did. Uh, it was called stone cold lock of the century of the week. And uh, yeah, we're going with the G man. Upsetting Minnesota. There we go. Well, <laughs> shit. Fuck it. I'll lone dog it. I'll lone wolf it out here. I'm going with Minnesota. I'm going with Kirk Ooh. Cousins. I'm, I'm going. This. I don't know what it is about this Vikings team. This feels like that that Case Keenum Vikings team from a few years ago, where they're just going to be out here surprising people. But 
I think they'll do it actually pretty dominantly with Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson connecting really well. Uh, I just feel like Daniel Jones. I think Danny Dimes is going to fall flat in this one. You have two first-time head coaches going against each other in this one, but I just trust Minnesota a lot more than I do Danny Dimes in that kind of beat-up Giants receiving core. So give me Minnesota. Next up, Baltimore. The Baltimore Ravens, 10-7 and seven at the Cincinnati Bengals, who are 12-4. and four. Cincinnati is a nine-and-a-half-point favorite at home, and it's looking unlikely that Lamar Jackson is going to play on Sunday. He himself was tweeting out what his condition is looking like, saying, thank you, everyone, for your support and concerns regarding my injuries. I want to give you all an update as I am in the recovery progress. I've suffered a PCL grade 2 sprain on the borderline of a strain 3, still inflammation surrounding my knee, and my knee remains unstable. I'm still in good spirits as I continue with treatments on the road to recovery. I wish I could be out there with my guys more than anything, but I can't give 100% of myself to my guys and fans. I'm still hopeful we still have a chance. So, we're looking at potentially Tyler Huntley because he's beat up too, starting for the Ravens, or we're going to get Anthony Brown. Possibly. Ugh. I don't know. Scott, who do you want here? No, like I said uh, a couple matchups ago, NFL is really big into matchups. So um, if in the when the Bengals win this game, they'll be playing in the next round against Buffalo for a rematch of the game that we were, didn't get during the uh, the regular season. Fair enough, Luis. Who do you want? Who they? Who they? Who they think going to beat them Bengals? Like, at least not this week. Uh, and I do think that that the. Uh, uh, the marble uh, next weekend would be like would be money, and of course, as we know, huge. Oh yeah. Uh, do you be- do you believe that? Do you believe that they really told them you got five minutes to warm up, or because they denied it afterwards that there was anything? Like, do you do you? Because that they said on the broadcast they're giving them five minutes to warm up. That's the word we're getting from the NFL. Go- uh, going off that Dominata article, yeah, I do think. I wouldn't doubt it because, and simply just because the NFL didn't know what the fuck to do. Nobody really knew what the fuck to do. And usually, you know, what's the, what's the protocol? Somebody gets hurt, somebody snaps their leg, and then we'll go to a commercial break, play that kind of, you know, play them on the gurney, get them off the field, play that jarring Fox music, go to commercial, we'll watch a couple of Lily, Lily from AT&T and Jake from State Farm commercials. And no. next thing you know, the dude's putting up a thumb and getting carted off. We're good to go. Yeah, that couldn't happen. I guess. Yeah, that couldn't happen in this case. They probably expected maybe something could. I think even that soccer game with Christian Eriksen, when he damn near died, or he did die on the field before being brought back, I think they went back and played the rest of that game, if I'm if I'm remembering correctly. Who knows? We got coin flips. We got coin flips going. We're here in the AFC Championship. Most likely could be played, if it has to be at a neutral site, will be Atlanta. When yeah, Mercedes-Benz uh, Stadium or Super Mercedes-Benz Stadium, you know Mercedes-Benz has two fucking stadiums in the NFL. How does that happen? Really? How do you get the Saints and the Falcons Stadium? Money. That's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Only Fans Arena. That's coming up soon. I keep the, um, keep hearing Brazzers. It's trying to get Miami Heat Stadium. They wanted it by the Heat. <laughs> <laughs> the one that hasn't aged well is is Crypto Crypto Arena. That's oh crazy. yeah. Look, Miami, Miami Heat, their stadium is FTX Arena. And yep. it's it's pretty much chapter eleven. It's chapter eleven uh chapter eleven floor. They still get the shit on the floor because they can't get get it off legally. They should have gone with Brazzers. Well, I think they I think the Heat I think they ditched the the FTX like a week or two ago. I don't know if anything came down that I'm gonna have to dig into it because I could have sworn they have somebody else now. I think they if, to. if you're or they're looking for somebody, if you're somebody who put money in FTX, I feel like you know, the Heat should be playing in FTX Arena as long as I still have money in FTX. That's how that should go. <laughs> uh, hey, speaking of people who have money in their FTX, what about the quarterback in the last matchup on Monday night? Well, how much money? He- I'm I'm glad you brought him up because our final game here, Monday Night Football, Dallas Cowboys, twelve and five. At the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are eight and nine, Dallas is a two and a half point favorite on the road against Tom Brady. But can you ever really comfortably bet against Tom Brady in the playoffs? Scott, who do you want in this game? Your team, Tampa Bay. Do you trust them? 
I was going back and forth on this one all day. This one in the Giants-Vikings game, I was going back and forth all day. But this, the common theme that I've been talking about these whole picks is that the NFL loves storylines. And what's going to sell tickets more? Tom Brady in the playoffs or Tom Brady out of the playoffs? And Tom Brady's never lost against Tom Brady's never lost against Dallas. That's true. So we're going to go with Tampa Bay at home, the underdogs at home. That's true. He's not in New England anymore. I think back when he was in New England, people were rooting for Tom Brady out of the playoffs. Now you now everybody I think has that full on respect. Even if you're a hater, and I'm a certified hater on Tom Brady, I still respect the hell out of his game now. After six Super Bowls, fuck it. That's when I that's when you got my respect. Then you go to Tampa and do it. Go ahead, man. All right, so you got Tampa. Luis, who do you want? Well, first, I want to note uh, previously, because I forgot to say this, but, you know, I know we picked Cincinnati. I don't want Lamar Jackson to think he needs to come prove us wrong. He needs to sit at home, rest his PCL <laughs> and his ACL. Just Worry about his next contract. <laughs> worry about, worry about, just see how you look in green. Take yourself in the mirror. You know, maybe look up some Garrett Wilson highlights, you know? Hey, something like that. Um, and don't worry about it. And as somebody who's been in the NFC East my whole life, I want to just say, fuck Tom Brady. Um, and uh, and uh, look, uh, I was going back and forth between, like you said, the storyline and what's what's what's. What's more, what's what's more powerful, you know, you know, Tom Brady's age or his desire to stay relevant and keep winning, or the Cowboys getting disappointed once again. I was in an Uber last year before the Cowboys playoff game, and the guy, and he was listening to talk radio, and he was like, "No, man, it's just recency recency bias. The the cow, they don't know how good the Cowboys are. It's we're not. It's different than last time. This it's not the same team. This." We're ready this year. And I was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And then they got their ass smacked. Um, <laughs> so maybe that guy was a year early. I, I can't, I can't, I can't pick Tom Brady. We're going to go with the Cowboys. All right. All right. So we got one for the Cowboys, one for the Bucks. God damn it. I'm going. Ah, listen, man, you said that you can't ever go for Tom Brady. I'm a hater. I'm a hater on Tom Brady, but I'm a Commanders fan too. I can never go with Dallas. And it's the one thing I agree with Stephen A. Smith on all the time. If it can go wrong, it will go wrong. It's Murphy's Law. Dallas always does it. They will find a way to fuck it up. And it has been happening at all the wrong times. She knows. She gets it. She, <laughs> she, she was given the tongue for it. Dallas... Oh is falling and failing at the wrong time. Dak Prescott has been looking like ass lately. I don't know. I'll give you this. He has the same interception rate as Davis Mills this season, and he played less games than Davis Mills. Mm -hmm. Like, it's going wrong at the perfect time. You're going up against Tom Brady on Monday night. This is it. This is it. This is where Mike McCarthy goes. This is where it all falls apart. This is where we get crying Cowboys fans in the stadium with their mistress. It's gonna be it's gonna be one of those nights. It's gonna be amazing. I'm gonna wake up so good on Tuesday. Oh, it's gonna be great. This is our it's gonna be our yearly wellness check on Henna to make sure she's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know. Give me the bucks in this one. Give me the bucks for the big upset, for the big surprise of the week. I bet this line even gets tighter come Monday. What's it at right now? Two and a half? Two and a half. Two and a half for Dallas. Those crumb, Damn. Those fucking crumb, crumb bums. Ben Simmons, you crumb bum piece of shit. <laughs> Dak Prescott. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is our Ricks versus Gricks. That's our picks. I mean, regular season's over. So, you know, the Calvin Ridley Memorial betting slip, we never really hit it. It, unfortunately, there were always some, you know, slight upsets that kept us from getting that big money. So, you know, it's the regular season. We can't really go. We're done. We're into the postseason. It's can't. We can't really. What? What is that? My God. That's Scott Elia's music. It's the gambler. Wait a minute. I'm not done yet. Oh, my God. Do you have a parlay? I do have a parlay this oh, week. Oh, shit. Uh -oh. no, nothing too crazy. I am just taking all those Ricks versus Gricks picks, putting it into a six-leg parlay. Only betting ten dollars, but hey, it's just a small, measly payout of five hundred and seventy bucks if I win. Okay, 
We'll take it. Fair enough. Kind of answer. So that way, when I go, when I go, when I go, when I go, when I go six and zero this week, not only can I rub it in your face for the Ricks and Gricks picks, but then I can shake all that money in your face since I told you so. Hey, maybe this will be the one. This could be the one. You've been on a heater lately. You went four and two last week. You've been killing it the last couple weeks. This could be the way. It's gonna happen. This is gonna happen. I like it. Well, shit. Thank you. Thank you, Kenny Rogers. Thank you, Scott Elia. Thank you, Luis Martinez. Of course, again, Luis Martinez, you can catch him. Mihente Show, Fireside Chats, Big Cheap Burrito, 2AMBurrito.com, all the places to find him. Luis, thank you for being here. Absolutely, man. It was fun. Uh, and if you guys uh, invite me back for the next round, uh, we'll do a we'll do a burrito bet. Whoever has the, the best record over at the uh, at the end of the playoffs, that could be that could be the way. Look, man. I do like burritos. Listen, one of the teams we have two teams that are playing this week is the Kansas City Chiefs, and who else, Scott? What's the other team? The Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles. So I'm trying to get somebody else to join us. So it would be great for Luis to finally meet the, yes. uh, the, the captain of Philadelphia. So if we can get him. The Enigma. We'll see him. Yeah, watch your mouth. We'll see if we can get him. <laughs> <laughs> Always a blast, fellas. Uh, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Scott Elia, again, you can find him wherever white men are found. And especially on Truth Social, defending hashtag bring Aunt Jemima back. Scott yeah. Elia, thank you for being here. You're welcome. I am Reed Murphy. You can find me at 323REID on all the social medias and patreon.com if you want to support the show and continue to grow us and make us better. Again, go to YouTube, the 323 Network. You can find this episode and many other clips and, of course, our other podcast, Emily Sissel Asks What If. Thank you for being here, everybody. Have a great Super Wild Card weekend, and we will talk to you later. We will talk to you next week with all the updates and more picks. For now, this is the 323. Stay safe, everybody. You want me to run wild over your misses? Just let me know. <laughs>